0: Hi, this is Jordana, just letting you know that this episode has been pre-recorded because Holly Valance is still sitting in silence.
1: Well, I mean, at least we're hoping I'm still sitting in silence. <laughs> what if I fuck up and I'm out five days later? No, then
0: I'm- <laughs> you'll be fine. So uh, yeah, I saw Margot Robbie.
1: Tell me what happened.
0: I was walking out of Nimbus. I just had a sauna and I was in the car park, you know, like just outside yeah. and there was a chick standing there talking to her mate who was hopping out of the car. And my first thought was, that girl's so beautiful. Like, she was just tall and blonde and really natural looking. And then she turned around and I was like, oh, it's Margot Robbie. And I recognize celebrities instantly. I'm not one of those people that's like, is that her? I don't know.
1: I'm not mm. sure. I was like,
0: that is Margot Robbie. And so I smiled at her because what else are you going to do? You either just look like a dick. And she smiled back and they walked into Nimbus and – i just was like you're so beautiful
1: that is so okay can i just like interject for a second here did we say hello and welcome to another episode of the middle
0: oh no because i'm just talking to you (laughs) oh is this just a conversation yeah (laughs) this isn't on the
1: show i thought this was part of the episode and i was was literally gonna be like so tell me you're the most famous person you've ever met it
0: okay well hold that question hold that question Mm you ready i
1: don't get it so wrong (laughs) <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Jordana Levine.
1: I'm Holly as a party. How you going,
0: Holly? Good.
1: I'm good. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm, yeah, I'm good. good. As this goes to air, I'm still in silence. <laughs> Maybe I've lost my mind. Maybe I'm not Holly no. anymore.
0: no, no. When this goes to air, you will be out of silence
1: right you're yeah, right
0: but when we record you were still in science
1: yeah this is very yeah there's a lot to take in yeah so tell me you're the most famous person you've ever met it. who's the most famous person i've seen no that you've met that you've actually said hello to and oh. maybe got a photo with
0: when i was about five years old we were at zimbabwe airport and eric clapton was there
1: oh my
0: god yeah we met him but other than that as an adult Hmm. Oh, I feel like I'm going to remember this when I'm not recording. I'm not sure. How about you?
1: When my dad was on Australian Idol, he was in the band. Yeah. So we got to go to the cool, like, shows when they had, like, a guest judge. And the best judge I got the photo with was Michael Bublé. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say Michael Jackson. Michael oh, my Buble. God. That was- Michael Bublé. Michael wow. Bublé. Yeah, he's pretty Boo. famous. He's pretty famous. He
1: started, I mean, in terms of, like christmas icons he's alongside santa right
0: yeah definitely it is by far my favorite christmas album mm-hmm. you know who i would love to do a christmas album i'd love john mayer to do a christmas album
1: oh my god i would love john mayer to just continue to release music for Forever. the rest of i know
0: he's so funny
1: You were saying something about John Mayer recently where, what was the question you asked? Yeah,
0: Jules and I were talking about how long, like when we're of an older generation and our kids are listening to like classic FM, who's the kind of artist they're going to be playing? Yes. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know, what do you think? And he said, I reckon it's going to be someone like John Mayer. And I was like, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, I think that's nailed it in one. He's the songwriter
0: of our generation.
1: He actually is. Do you feel like he's a bit underrated though? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Have you, do you follow him on Instagram? No. He's gone very quiet lately. He used to do amazing lives, like the funniest things I've ever seen. Definitely. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen any in ages. I wonder if he's just gone off Instagram or something. He was so on it and um, I think he's a lot more popular than we give him credit for i think in the states he's still
1: huge he's huge okay yeah. that makes sense can we talk about the going off instagram for a second i feel like it's kind of in the zeitgeist right now yeah what are your feels with instagram right now josh imagine if like, i said no I like, imagine no. if you were like actually i don't want to have that conversation that. no <laughs> change pivot no 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 what i mean by it them. is i'm finding that Okay, disclaimer, I know it's probably hard to believe. I'm very addicted to my phone, like especially when it comes to social media. And we've had the chat before about how Instagram is business for us, as well as the social aspect. I'd like to think that we're quite discerning in the way we use Instagram, particularly in terms of the accounts that we follow and who we're connected with and those sorts of things. Mm. But that aside, I'm noticing, not just in my own habits with Instagram, but a lot of people that I'm connected with, there's almost this slowly but surely trickling away from being as constant on it. It's almost like there are two parties at play, the parties who are like doing everything by the algorithm, which might I add at the moment says you should post minimum twice if not four times a day. Fuck that. And I
0: don't think that's right, Hol, because if I post more than once a day, I don't get very good engagement.
1: I... Haven't ever tested it out, but when I have posted twice in one day because I've felt the pull too, and that's what I do. I always go by the feels. A few days later, those posts peak. Like, oh. but it's a few days after. It's not that day. Anyway, I don't do algorithm. Like it's just it doesn't feel aligned for me. No judgment. I understand there are people who run businesses and they need to run it that way, totally fine. But then in the other party, I see people just becoming I almost want to use the word jaded, more jaded by the fact that are people being authentic for authenticity purpose or are they being authentic because it's a trend right now and that's what's going to get them engagement? Do you see where I'm going? Like I'm questioning and being skeptical at the moment when I'm using Instagram. It's weird because I've never felt like this before.
0: Well, first of all, you need to take a fucking chill pill and second of all <laughs> no I no. it's so funny I noticed a few people this morning who had come on and said I've been off and I was like oh I hadn't noticed yeah and not because I don't love you but I just hadn't noticed yeah I know that I've been posting more on my stories less on my feed just because we were talking about it the other day if I don't have anything good to say I won't post for the sake of it like yeah, I need to feel inspired or have some kind of message or something. Totally. I don't know. Yeah, I guess people are doing it for the algorithm.
1: I was having this thought on the drive over to recording where I have a few downloads that I want to share as captions. So I've got content ready to go and I've got the words I want to share, but I don't have the images to match. And I kind of called myself out on it in my head because I'm like, hang on a second, Hulls. Back in the day before Instagram was business, I was just like taking a photo of a flower or taking a photo on my phone, like a selfie, or taking photos with my friends. But now my relationship with content in terms of visual content, so photography, it's got to look good and I have to have professional photos. Like this is something I put on myself, right? And it's an aesthetic thing, but I'm sitting back going, but I do have the words I want to share. And what do I do? Just wait until I have another professional photo shoot? Like, that's actually not authentic. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm calling myself out on my shit right now.
0: No, you're not. You're just bringing awareness to yourself and I think it's good. I mean... I actually like personally from a consumer point of view I really like a feed that's half curated half real life and that's what I try and do with mine like I'll have curated professional photographs whether they're of the book or of me but then I also have like real life stuff in there because I think people, people are following you to connect with you.
1: Yeah, I honestly just slapped me in the face today, where I'm like, "Fuck! Why am I telling myself I can only post when the photo is professional?" Like, and
0: also, it's a lot to have new professional photos all the time.
1: Oh my gosh, it is a lot. It's a lot. So anyway, I'm I've just been. That's how I've been this week, George. I've been sitting in this like conundrum. You, you, you didn't, but I was telling you anyway. <laughs> This Insta conundrum. So let us know in the Facebook group if you're feeling the same. I just have. Look, you heard it here first. Instagram is dying and something else is coming. Just throwing it out there.
0: On that note, please follow us on Instagram. It's <laughs> <laughs>
1: not dead yet. Before it dies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I work really hard on that Instagram account and I'm not ready to put it to bed. So come on over. Come on over. Come, come on over, baby. 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 Um, all right. What are we talking about today? <gasps>
1: Birthdays. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. So exciting. George, you just had your birthday.
0: Well, I did and I didn't. I did because <laughs> the time that you're listening to this, I did. I did not because the time of recording <laughs> it, it's in a few days. But, yes, <laughs> I did. Um,
1: I was about to ask you how it was. It was
0: really good. <laughs> <laughs> It was really good. I got lots of presents. I got spoiled rotten.
1: How do you feel about birthdays?
0: Oh, it's a really good question. I, well, I feel like I'm a little bit like you here. I love birthdays because I do like the spotlight on me. It's the reason that I will definitely be having a wedding, even though I don't
1: really believe in marriage. Oh my God. Sister, you're (laughs) preaching to the converted over here.
0: Yeah. So I do love birthdays, but I've got to say, as I'm getting older and I've got five years on you, So I'm much wiser than you.
1: I know it's hard to believe, guys. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm much wiser. I find I don't care as much. When I was growing up, I had this best friend in high school. She was so wonderful. Like every birthday, she would like cover the entire school in like posters. And it would be like this whole big thing. And then we'd like one up each other every year. Oh, that's beautiful. So I do have high expectations for my birthday. Totally. Yeah, no, I do enjoy them and I always make sure I've got something on. I would never be that person who just never wanted to do anything. I dated this guy for a very long time who hated his birthday. Hated? And every year, yeah, every year he'd go, I don't want to do anything, I don't want to do anything, I don't want to do anything. And then for the first few years I didn't organise anything and then it would get to the day and he'd be really disappointed. And I'd be like, ah. So then I learnt my lesson and always booked a restaurant somewhere. But like... I've never understood it because why wouldn't you want to be celebrated?
1: I totally agree. Like yeah. we are in like fierce agreement here. Oh, of birthdays, <laughs> birthdays were the worst days. Now we dip champagne when we'll we Thursday, but they've never been the worst days for me ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even I just, know what that was. That was that was Biggie. Uh-oh. Damn luck! I like the luck I live because I went from negative to positive, and it's all good. Anyway. I love birthdays so much that they can't just be a day. It has to be at least the week.
0: Yeah. I agree. You know? I agree. It's a birth
1: week. Yeah. Like we've got to elongate that shit. We've got to celebrate. But my birthday's coming up soon. Yes. And it's a pivotal one for me, George.
0: It's a big one. I know. I can't wait.
1: It is the big three-o. And I'll tell you what. This entering into a new decade business, I don't quite remember what it felt like when I was 19 turning 20. I think I was like, yeah, I'm going to be 20, so old. Well, it was a big deal
0: because you were no longer a teenager anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true. It was like, I'm
0: a 20-year-old.
1: Yeah, and then now I look at 20-year-olds, I'm like, oh, babies. Oh, you're
0: just so little.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're so little. What are you doing out? This is weird. (laughs) But I have felt so strongly in the lead up to my 30s like I am so excited to be 30. I'm excited for all birthdays, but this is like another level. I just feel that the decade of 30s is, it sounds fucking cliched, but really knowing who you are, knowing what you want, what you will and won't accept, and just following that, really is almost like this like fierceness in it. I don't know. Is that how you felt when you turned 30?
0: I was worried about turning 30. It was quite a... Oh, what's the word? I was going through, and we'll talk about it because we all go through our Saturn return at that time. But mine was quite a doozy. And okay. um, there was lots of stuff going on. And in hindsight, when I look back, I can see that it was all transitional stuff. But at the time, I was just like, what the fuck? I'm not ready to be an adult because I can't handle my life. Yeah. But then when I turned 30, I cannot explain it to you. It's like, Everything just started to land and my life just started to open up to me and everything that I'd struggled with over those two years from 28 to 30 and kind of like maybe like six months into 30 started to just get easier. And I've got to say, turning 30 was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm halfway through the decade now, so I just turned 35 and it just gets better every year. And to be honest with you, there's a few little goals I want to kick before I'm 40 like babies, but I actually am really looking forward to the next decade as well because everyone says that's even better.
1: I know, and this is the thing. I honestly think it's like anything in life, isn't it? It's the way that you look at it and the energy you bring to it and that determines your experience of it. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't want to turn 30, like that's gross getting older, then obviously the energy that you're emitting is one of like, frustration or I don't know fucking disappointment or whatever it is or stories that you hold around age which I guess we can talk about too and fear of getting older yeah absolutely and what that means and then that determines your experience but for me birthdays are about celebration with the people that I love truly that's what it's about it's like yes I get to see people that I love and they all get to talk about how great I am and it's like any other day but like times a million and we get cake. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah well i mean i don't really like birthday cake oh my god controversial what do you mean i I don't really like cake i just don't like it
1: do you have a cake recipe that you make when you want to have cake or you just don't even cook i'd rather
0: have like a tart or something like a citron (gasps) tart or like a pear tart
1: pear of all tarts
0: or like apple i don't know yeah (laughs) i
1: yeah love that you've really thrown me with the pear tart
0: i know sorry <laughs> i think maybe one birthday my dad got me a pear tart or my stepmom okay. would have gotten it my dad wouldn't have gotten it oh, yeah that was in my head um there was something i wanted to say on that point yes i think that there's a lot of societal expectations on you to do things at a certain age right totally And I know that when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, I'm going to get married when I'm 23. I'm going to (laughs) have babies when I'm 26, you know. And so when I got to 30 and I hadn't done any of that stuff and I hadn't hit, well, I had hit career highs, but I wasn't happy. I was like, what the fuck? What am I doing? I'm nearly 30 and I haven't done all this stuff. But now when I speak to people in their 20s and they say things like that to me, I'm like, oh, honey. You've got
1: plenty of time. Yeah. There is no rush. Yeah. I'm so on board with you, George. Like even like, oh, I need a mortgage and a house and like the settling down thing, like inverted commas everywhere. It's like, oh, if that is for you, fucking go for it. But if you're doing it to tick a box before you reach a certain age, that intention behind that is not expansive and that is not in alignment fully. I'm getting that the older that Trent and I get and the longer we are together, the more we're not in a rush to have children, which is very ironic because it's like, well, what do you mean? You've been together almost 12 years. You're married. We will have children together. But the older we get, it's like, oh, there's more of life to live right now. And there's so much amazing stuff to do just us. And we're not in any rush. Age, I know it's so fucking cliched. It truly is a number. And when it comes to things like time, what we want to look at instead is Energy. What is the energy? Because you can have a really youthful energy and being your 60s and 70s. I meet people, I'm sure you do too, George, in this line of work, where we'll connect and bond and I just assume they're my age and it's like, oh, what, you're 43? I wouldn't have even questioned that because of the energy that they're bringing, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, my dad is a perfect example of that. My dad's 40. Uh, 40. He wishes he was 40. <laughs> my dad's 72. He'll be 73 this year. Not only does he not look like he's in his seventies, but he does not act like he's in his seventies, his physical stamina is not of someone in their seventies. So what is it then? It's just a number. And the amount of years you've been on earth. It's yeah, yeah, it's so silly. I mean I not to shoot my own horn, but I don't think I look thirty five.
1: You definitely don't.
0: No, I could pass for someone a lot younger if I wanted to, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I think I don't, f- well, I don't know what 35 is meant to feel like, but I feel pretty good. I mean, I get right? hungover very easily, but oh, aside I from know. that. Mm. So what does it really matter? And in terms of fertility, yeah. I have had my fertility checked and I'm all good to go. So oh, sweet. I think, yeah. So I think that we, like I said before, I think society scares us and maybe our parents scare us or our friends scare us or just stories that we're hearing. But mm. I really think that, um, Like you said, age is an energy and it's so much more important about how you feel and where your mindset's at and um, how you show up.
1: Yeah, and I think it's almost an experience we have when we're in school because that's when we first connect with people, right, our grade and our classes. So we're always connecting with people the same age as us. But then when we step out into, you know, real world, Mm. I've found like looking at my friendship group now, I can't even tell you how old some of my friends are. I would have no idea. It's not something that I ask. I just assume we're kind of all the same age. But I've got friends that are like like really tight friends who are five or six years younger than me, then, you know, five or six years or 10 years older than me, some the same age. It's like, I'm like, let's just get rid of age altogether, but then we wouldn't have birthdays. So I take it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though, isn't it? Like Age is so not a thing when you get older. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got friends in their like early 20s and yeah. then I've got friends that are in their 50s and I just I just don't even really think about it. It is quite weird when you have to ask someone how old they are or when it right. comes up, you're like, oh.
1: And then they do the whole guess and it's like, oh, no, shit, i got to like don't. take like five years off the age I'm going to guess. Because I don't want to offend anybody. But even like someone's energy can be that of a really old soul. And it's like, well, how many lifetimes does that person live? And that's the energy you're reading, you know?
0: I'm really excited for you to turn 30.
1: I can't wait. And I surprised myself this year, George, because I, being Leo and Gemini, (laughs) was like, I'm going to throw a huge 30th party. Like it's a given. Any reason for a party. My 30th is done. And it just didn't feel right. I kept looking at venues and I kept butting heads with things. And I rang Trent in tears because it was very serious. And I was like, I don't think I want to have a party. And he's like, okay, firstly, why are you crying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Trent, you're so patient. And I was like,
1: well, firstly, I don't know who I am anymore. But secondly, who even (laughs) am I? What is happening? I'm not even 30 yet and I don't know who I'm looking at in the mirror. (laughs) And what I realized was that I would prefer to have something smaller and intimate. So we've spoken. I'm going to do my cacao ceremony with my soul girls, my soul community. I say girls, but I've also invited Blake and Janelle, but they kind of count as girls. So that's about it, but you're my girls. And then I'm going to have a lunch with some friends that I've been friends with my whole life. And it's just going to be a long lunch. It's going to be about 10 of us and that's it. That's enough for me. If anyone else wants to see me, They can see me. If I want to do a family dinner, we'll figure it out then. I feel like 30 is about just, it feels like everything just gets more tighter and contained rather than sporadic and out there. That sounds so old of me.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. Do you want to hear about my 30th? Can you please Zoe? Okay, so I was working for this tyrant. You can read about her in my book, Make It Happen, and I had organized for my 30th to go to Bali with three of my friends. We were all really excited. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to get time off work and have this time away. going to turn 30 in Bali. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And the bloody volcano erupted and there was an ash no. cloud everywhere and our flights got canceled. And the trip got canceled and my birthday was in two days time and I hadn't organized anything in Sydney. And all my friends had plans because they thought I was going to be in Bali. And so I was like, well screw it. I'm just gonna go out for dinner and if anyone's free, they can come. And I actually had the loveliest birthday. It was a huge group of people. I reckon there was about almost twenty people? And and it was really, really lovely and nice. But yeah, I didn't didn't get to go to Bali.
1: Oh, we can go to Bali. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best birthday present you've ever received?
0: Oh, I need to prep for this sort of stuff. I know. I, I great I, memory I, anymore. I've mm. had some really good birthday presents. Do you know the answer?
1: No, I'm trying to think of mine too. I shouldn't ask questions that I don't know the answer to. Rollerblades, when I turn seven, they no. fucking make my life. In oh. fact, if I got rollerblades this year, I'd be pretty fucking stoked. Just yeah, saying. No, right? no. Mm.
0: I'm not going to count kid presents because I feel like they're all really exciting at that age.
1: Yeah, Trudette.
0: I think what people have given me. If you're my friend and you're listening, your present was definitely the best. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about Ruby because you
1: love her so much. I love Ruby. Everyone, (laughs) all the listeners should love Ruby too.
0: (laughs) So about three years ago, Ruby bought me a pair of these beautiful salad servers from Island Lux. You know Island Lux in Byron? They're just divine. Anyway, the following year, she bought me the same pair Ah. of salad servers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ruby. And You've she got to was stop. Like, do you like them?
0: <laughs> and I'm like, I like them so much, I already own a pair. And then. From you. We were just doing Island Luxe the other day, and she's like, How do you feel about a <laughs> salad service? Salad service. I was like, Well, they all match my pair that I already have. Oh, <laughs> oh <my gosh.
1: laughs> I honestly can't think of good birthday presents, and that's not because I haven't had any. I'm what just get get sure? Trent, well, his love language is gifts, so he's usually pretty fucking good. I just. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this until just now. I was like, last year, what did he get me? Oh, only Archie. Oh, little my baby, baby Archie. Girl. But at the time, it was very Saturn return of me. I had a nervous breakdown, and we'll talk about that in the Saturn okay. return discussion. Great. Yeah. But anyway, I, I got a dog. It.
0: Great. Yeah, that is a good present. That's a really good present. Are you a good gift giver for birthday presents?
1: I can be, and I can also be very slack about it. Yeah. I love to give experiences Sa- because I love to receive them. Me too.
0: uh, me also both those things i like to give and receive experiences what's your favorite
1: experience
0: that i've received or just in general
1: just in general
0: i love any kind of treatment
1: Yes, (laughs) i'm
0: all for a treatment that just sends me into heaven i do like to receive a treatment i love being taken out for dinner and like a big fancy dinner that yes i mean it doesn't have to be fancy but if that wants to count as the birthday present i'm totally fine with that you're in
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and i've been wined and dined a lot because i tend to date people that like doing that as well
1: amazing torian men are where it's at yeah. in that regard yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm.
0: and what other experiences actually i had an ex-boyfriend we didn't end up getting to do it because we broke up but he bought me a um hot balloon
1: oh, ride yes. over the hunter
0: valley which yes. i was really excited about but then we broke up and i was like
1: i don't want to do it on my own Oh, so I didn't do So it. you didn't get to do it. No. Have you done it before?
0: No, I'm a little bit terrified, to be honest with you. And you know I'm not scared of heights, but there's no. something about being in the basket that freaks me out a bit.
1: You know it's weird because you know I am scared of heights. Yeah. I've done it twice. Really? Yeah, one in Byron and one in Turkey in Cappadocia.
0: That blows my mind. Guys, We Holly <laughs> and I went to Minion Falls. We're on this huge <laughs> deck with a very, very high rail, very high rail. And she was too scared to go close to the edge, which I totally – empathize with i get it but now you're telling me you were in a hot air balloon
1: (laughs) hot air balloons are totally fine what are you talking about (laughs)
0: that's so weird you know what scares me about them it's not being in the balloon up high that's fine it's the landing
1: oh no you you fucked the landing we fucked the landing well uh, we didn't but the second landing fucked up we were in amongst cows we were not
0: see yeah and that's what scares me a bit about skydiving as well like i'll jump out of the plane
1: but i'm scared about landing on the ground Oh, do you follow M. Carey? Yes, that is Yeah, why. like, right? Totally. <laughs> yes. that, yeah, I would never jump out of a plane. That said, it was a great birthday present that I got for Trent one year and he loved it. Oh, you bought it for him? Yeah, him and his brother.
0: I've got this rule. I should tell you because we haven't had this conversation.
1: Okay, let's have it.
0: There is a rule that anyone I'm dating or family member or friend can absolutely take me skydiving. That's fine. I will do it one day. But don't you ever surprise me with it. I want to know I'm doing it. I don't want to surprise
1: skydiving. We're going skydiving. No, no. I totally relate to that, and also in the context of puppy, do not surprise me with a puppy. Why? I know that sounds so princessy of me. That was a really princessy thing of me to say. Why though? What's your reasoning? Well, because when you work from home and you are going to be said caregiver of puppy, yeah. It's a lot to take on.
0: Have you and Trent had this conversation or is he here in Houston Oh, no, we story? had
1: this conversation. Oh, we had many a conversation. Yeah. I didn't ever strike down about it. Look, there was a lot going on in my life at that moment. But you already had Lola, right? Yeah, but Lola four years on her own and then introducing a new puppy in the mix. I'll tell you what, this is what parenting's about, George. This is what you're going to get is ready it? for. <laughs> is
0: it? There's a lot of parents out there going, I don't think it's the same, Holly. <laughs>
1: You're like Holly, never be a parent because you have no fucking idea.
0: (laughs) Anyway, thirty can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll talk more about it when you turn thirty, but you will love it. And don't be, well, you're not scared, and there's no reason to be. No, I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks about turning thirty, or if they've turned thirty, or if they're about to turn thirty, or what they think about (laughs) thirty-year-olds.
1: What are your favorite fun facts about thirty-year-olds? But also, what do you feel about birthdays? Like turning another year older, like, Mm. and another year wiser. That's what I think. It's not older. Like, I don't like the notion of old. It's wise. It's wisdom. Yeah, I think so too. Well, are you telling me, are you giving me records or am I giving you records?
0: (laughs) I think that uh, you should ask me my records. Give (laughs) me yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. give me your
0: record yeah I was it. Awesome. thank you so today I'm going to be recommending a fiction book <gasps> and only because we haven't done a fiction book in a while and I haven't just finished this it's one from my bookshelf but I do love it so much and the reason I want to talk about it is my mum just read it the other day and she reminded me how great it is so oh, and I haven't read this one either yeah it's so good so it's a Leanne Moriarty book and I know people are familiar with Leanne Moriarty she wrote Big Little Lies her other famous one is the husband's secret which such I, a good book. I think the husband's secret is on par with this one as my favorite Leanne Moriarty books
1: okay
0: and nine perfect strangers is her latest and I just didn't like it at all I didn't
1: like it either no I, I thought my, it was
0: awful this is weird and shit yes I agree. sorry Leanne I do love you though I've got all of her books I've read all of them and I love all of them but this one is called the hypnotist's love story and it is just as good as it sounds. Let me tell you all about it. Tell me. So, as a hypnotherapist, Ellen O'Farrell is fascinated by what makes people tick. So when she falls in love with Patrick, the fact that he has a stalker doesn't faze her in the slightest. If anything, it intrigues her, and the more she hears about Saskia, the more she wants to meet this woman. But what Ellen doesn't know is that they've already missed. Shut the fuck up. Uh, There's more, but I'm not going to read it to you. What's interesting about it is it's about this hypnotist that falls in love with this guy. It's the moral dilemma of uh, hypnotizing your partner. But then also the stalker of the partner becomes her client, but she doesn't uh, realize it's her client, which we find this all out very early, so I'm not spoiling it for you. But it's really, really good. Just as Leanne Moriarty is such a brilliant writer. She does really good characterization, and this – just unfolds so beautifully. Like I really want them to make it into a movie.
1: I am so excited to read that book. Yeah. When I come back up and see you, I'm going to take it from your bookshelf. Yeah, you
0: should. I should have given it to you. Oh, you can't read in Vipassana, even though you're out of a mm. now. Oh my god, it's so confusing.
1: I'm so confused. Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's it. I mean, that was a short and boring record wasn't it?
1: No, it wasn't short or boring. It's very exciting and I'm looking forward to it. I love Leanne Moriarty. Okay,
0: <laughs> second Reco. Well, it's another snack Reco, so you better just brace yourselves, guys. I'm
1: ready. Okay.
0: So everyone loves a banjo bear. Yes. And Holly's in on this one. We had the privilege (laughs) – the privilege? (laughs) I don't know. We tried the new vegan banjo bears the other day from the Caribbean. And neither of us are vegan or need to avoid dairy. But, you know, we were just shits and giggles. They are so good.
1: (laughs) So Aren't they?
0: They're so creamy. Like, I will eat them over the normal banjo bears.
1: To be honest, tastes like the same banjo bear but creamier.
0: Yeah, yes. Good point, Hol. Tastes exactly the same but creamier texture.
1: It's so, so good. Yeah. So if we good. can get sponsored by Banjo Fucking Bear... I'm sorry for saying fuck. I feel oh, like no, Banjo no, Bear is not like a company mom, that we, and Also, your mum has been telling us off. It's No, Jen's got to just get a grip because <laughs> she's taught me all of my vernacular. Okay. Is that what it is? Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, my vocab. She says it's from my grandma, but my grandma is her mother, so it's just whatever. My favourite Banjo Bear is the coconut flavour, just saying. Yeah, yeah, no, me
0: too. I, I love them all. Have you ever had the carob? They don't do it in a bear, but they do it in the block, the almond one. Oh, nuts. you don't like nuts. You don't like nuts.
1: I like nuts if they're in chocolate form. That's okay, the well, only time I really have them. Or milk form.
0: The carob almond bar is amazing. But the mm. only issue is you can't just stop at a few squares. Oh, like, fucks. Rubes you and I will go. buy a bar and go, oh, we'll just have a strip each, and we eat the whole thing. So if you don't have any self-restraint, I don't recommend even trying that one.
1: That's a wreck no. That's a wreck
0: no. <laughs> no, that's really good. It's but, a wreck But, yeah, the carob... I'll tell you a funny story. I At Lunar Nights, for years, I used to roll bliss balls for everybody. And I love doing it because I am a bit of a bliss ball queen, but it's very time-consuming. So in the last few months of Lunar Nights, I just started handing out carob banjo bears, and everyone was equally excited. I When I went to
1: Lunar Nights and you gave me a banjo bear, I, like, couldn't even contain myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. The best. They're the best. So yeah, okay, so try the vegan ones, guys.
1: Get on it. What are your recos? My first reco is something that you were very familiar with when I stayed with you in Byron. Oh, yes. (laughs) So good. I've just whipped out my little handy dandy. I know. We're going to have to put it in the facey group. So this is by a brand called Untrashy. and Is that what it's called? That's so good. Isn't that clever? Untrashy. So what I'm showing George right now, guys, and what I'm explaining is it is A linen cloth wrapped up that you unravel to reveal all of these wooden – well, basically, it's eliminating single-use plastic. So, I've got a fork, a spoon, a knife, chopsticks, and a metal straw and a straw cleaner. But what I love about this, I found these guys at Manly Markets, and I think it cost me about $22. Nothing, right? That's nothing. 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 But this is so convenient because they all fold up in this handy-dandy roller pack that you can throw into your handbag and carry with you because I was getting so frustrated with myself when I was forgetting my reusable straw and I didn't have a reusable spoon yet. And there are those occasions where you're out and you want to buy an acai bowl and they give you a plastic spoon and you're like, well, what do I do, use the spoon or, like, faceplant the acai? You've got to kind of use the spoon, right? So, (laughs) well, I mean, you could just not but I found myself berating myself anytime I was using plastic cutlery I was being so mean to myself Mm. and then when I saw that there was a solution to my issue I was like wow I have no excuse now they're really easy to carry you just wash them with water and I really put on a song and dance every time I get to use my metal straw
0: I think it's the way that you roll it out it's like Holly's rolling out the red carpet
1: It's true. I'm like, hang on a second. Let me get out all of my things. And it just, look, there's a little bit of like righteousness involved because I'm saving the planet, guys. (laughs) But there's no excuse, right? We'll share their Instagram page on our Insta as well. So can you audit them online? Okay, so on Instagram they're called Untrashy, and 10% of their profits are donated somewhere. They have stockers. (laughs) I'm just clicking onto their website to see if you can buy online. Yes, you can. Great.
0: <gasps> Look how many people they're following.
1: Oh, <gasps> one, 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 one.
0: Yeah.
1: Get on it, guys. They're amazing. That's so, so great. Yeah, they're really fucking cool. They're really cool. And I got to swap out my bamboo straw for a metal straw because I already had a bamboo straw and they said that was okay.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's great. Okay, cool. So that's a good reco. What's your next reco?
1: My second reco is for my fellow listeners who may have experienced anything related to dry skin, but I'm talking conditions like psoriasis or dermatitis or eczema. And also if you just have a tendency toward dry skin from time to time, and given that the weather is cooler, we do tend to feel that, experience that. I have experienced psoriasis for maybe four to five years now. So it's an autoimmune condition that attacks the cells For me, it's on the back of my neck, on the base of my skull and also on my head. And what happens is it gets really patchy and flaky and inflamed and the skin can get really crusty and sore. Really, it's a lot. Like I'm being explicit, but like it can fall off. It gets pussy. It bleeds. Anytime I share I have psoriasis, I have so many people jump on and be like, oh my God, me too. You can get patches on your arms, on your legs. And it's one of those things where you can't necessarily treat the underlying cause because it is autoimmune. That said, I have searched fucking far and wide for something that will alleviate the symptoms and really help the itch, the flakiness, and the frustration of having something that's like taking over your head.
0: Wow. I'm so excited to hear this because you sound so extra.
1: <laughs> I know. I can't explain it. I'm going to take a photo of my psoriasis on a bad day one day and just share it with everyone. No, people I, I get
0: it. I used to have really bad eczema in my 20s.
1: Yeah. Well, this is by a brand named Passionate Skincare. Ooh. And the product is skin food. Not to be mistaken, with Walita's skin food.
0: Yeah, I also think Orchard Street does a skin food. Isn't that funny? Well, yeah. Have you got it? Can I see it?
1: No. Yeah, I've got a picture of it.
0: Oh yeah, this is great. Yes, this is so good. My friend Kate Levins, if you're listening, she uses it and it's so
1: good. It's amazing. It's mm. only seven ingredients, and those ingredients are coconut oil, hemp oil, beeswax, rosehip oil, jojoba oil, and manuka oil. That is all. I went in, and this was when my psoriasis got to the worst it's ever been only a few months ago, where I was waking up in the morning and explicit again, pus all over my pillow. Like, what? Really bad. Yeah, it got really, really fucking bad. Oh, my God, was it stress-induced? It was because I had my fatigue flare. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it was horrible. This was only a few months ago, just before Bali. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do anything about this because – I've tried all of the other topical things. They just don't work. I'm like, what do I do? And then I
0: guess you get stressed about it, right? And so it inflames it even more.
1: Yeah. And because like it's where my hair is, like I would have bits of skin and pastures in my hair. Like it was horrible, horrible. So I went into the local health food store in Balgala. And I showed them and they were like, oh my God, you poor thing. This is like really bad. I'm like, yeah, I know. And they said, look, this is what we recommend to everyone. They showed me skin food and they're like, just give it a crack. Honestly, I was like, this is not going to help me. I put it on and within maybe three or four days, it had raised the psoriasis enough to flake off like usual, but then it didn't come back for like two to three weeks. Mm. So I'm not saying this is going to cure it forever, but in terms of managing the symptoms, really easing the itch. And I'm talking from psoriasis, but dermatitis, eczema, anything dry and scaly, this fucking helps. It's amazing. It is my go-to. I will never use anything else. Wow. What a reco. That's really good. That's awesome. Thanks. And remember guys, I used to work in the natural skincare realm. I honestly have tried everything. This I hand on heart recommend above anything else.
0: So good. So we'll put that photo in the Facebook group.
1: Yeah, we will. And we'll tag them in our um, stories too so you guys can click through and check them out. Okay, awesome. So, Jods, earlier in the episode you mentioned something known as your Saturn return, and I was wondering if you could teach me all about it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what do you know about Saturn return?
1: I know that it's to do with Saturn. (laughs) Saturn comes back into your natal chart at around just before the age of 30, like every 28-ish years. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So, a return in general, astrologically, happens when any planet completes an entire circuit through the sky and returns to the same place it was at the time you were born. So, for example, the sun, its return is your birth year, right? So... From your birthday, and it takes 12 months to get through the Zodiac, and then the Sun arrives back in for you, Leo, for me, Gemini, right? So all of the planets, Saturn, Mercury, Mars, Venus, they're all doing the same. They're all returning back to the place that they were when you were born. But Saturn, for example, takes a lot longer. It takes about 29 years to move through all 12 signs before it gets back to the sign it was in at the time of your birth.
1: Okay, that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, so what they say about it is that these returns, no matter what the planet is, mark beginnings and ends of major movements of your life. And when it comes to Saturn, most people, depending on how old you live to be, will experience three Saturn returns. So we get one around the age of 29, but it starts to, the reason they say 28 to 31 is because you sort of start to get this effect as it's getting closer to your sign. right? And then there's a bit of a hangover as well. So that's why it lasts a little bit longer. So you'll get the first one at about 29, the second one in your late 50s, and that signals a move into middle age.
1: Right. And the
0: third one happens in your mid to late 80s, which marks the move into the wisdom of old age.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So why does shit tend to go whack in your Saturn return? Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's the stigma associated with it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we get to that, what I think is really important for people to know is where Saturn was in their chart yes. when they were born. Yeah. Yes. So the effects of the return itself can typically be felt the entire time Saturn is in the same sign as it was when you were born, and that's why it's so important to know where it was. Okay. Because yeah? that's kind of what you're going to be experiencing through those that three year window when it comes back around again. So right. when where was Saturn when you were born?
1: Capricorn.
0: Ah, interesting
1: yeah and do you
0: know much about that
1: not in terms of the Saturn placement in capricorn i know traits of capricorn but i'd have to re-listen to my natal chart i'm sure jules went through it with me and it's just kind of gone Whoa. but yeah. i do feel like she said my Saturn return was a lot about relationships
0: yeah Saturn's in capricorn now right so okay. it's been in there since 2017 and it doesn't leave until 2020 Okay, which, which yeah. makes sense, right? Because it's totally you're turning 30 and then by the time you're 31, it's kind of headed out. Yeah. So, for example, Saturn was in Scorpio when I was born, right. and Saturn in Scorpio is all about money, sex, and power. What? And when I when I look back on those years, I had a lot of blocks to abundance, a lot of blocks around my body image, and a big fear of success. So, I was rising up the corporate ladder, and I wasn't having a good experience. And for me, it felt like I was, perhaps what was happening was that I was scared of the success of it. But what I know was happening was the universe was showing me what it can look like as you start to climb the ladder and whether that's something that I wanted. So it gives you an opportunity to face some of the more intense things that are part of the sign that Saturn is in at the time and gives you an opportunity to learn the lesson and step up, it's like an integration. Not an integration, an initiation. Yes. Yeah. So Saturn return feels particularly demanding because of the nature of Saturn itself. So, you know, there's like Venus is the planet of love Mm. and Mars is like the planet of action. Well, Saturn is the planet of structure, duty, limits, and morality. So, it's not malicious, but it's very direct. Yeah. You know, like it's kind, but it's like, this is the way it is. They kind of liken it. I was reading something the other day. It's like Saturn is like your life coach, but like a really stern one, a bit like Blake, you know, like very kind of down the line.
1: Yes. Yes. Do you know what's interesting? Capricorn is also very much like that as a sign. So, it's like, Saturn returning I mean on reflection over the last couple of years and where I'm in now everything is very clear to me it's like there's no gray area it's this or it's that like make a decision constantly this 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 like yeah
0: yeah and because you've done so much work Holly I think that your Saturn return will be I don't want to say easy but you're going to be able to handle it a lot better see for me I've done a lot of work, but I don't, I think that I really hit my stride spiritually in my thirties and I could have, I was going through a rough relationship at the time and I was just very consumed with that and with work and with all this other stuff going on. And I think men actually deal better with their Saturn return than women do. I think that yeah, we can get, oh, that's probably a sweeping generalization, but that's just what I've noticed
1: Okay, with the people around me. Do you think because we like to feel like we're in control, and Saturn takes control away
0: a little bit? And I also think that men are quite used to structure and duty and limits and morality. Like that's kind of the way they live their lives, where mm. women tend to be more about emotions and fluidity and
1: <laughs> yeah, true that. So, you
0: know what I mean? Like it's more of totally. a totally familiar energy for them. Yeah. So what they say, they say during a return, Saturn's energy can pull at you in an even more intense way than usual. It might ask you to know yourself in ways you haven't so far. Mm. It might ask you to set limits for yourself. It might ask you to accept a new heaviness, a new maturity, and a new sense of responsibility. And that's a big one. Right. Everyone who's been through their Saturn return, if you look back on it, I want you to have a think about what was going on at that time. And I guarantee you were being asked to step up.
1: Yes. Yes. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. It's like taking ownership of your life.
0: Yeah. And what comes of this, like, I think it's different for everybody. It depends what's going on, of course. But what Saturn Return can offer you and what's so beautiful about it once you get through it is it offers you new clarity. It offers you a different perspective, you get like a resilience, a strength yes. from it. And it's also, it's moving you into a new cycle of life. So, you know, it's funny for me that my Saturn return was in Scorpio because Scorpio is all about death and rebirth. So I had mm. this real push out of that. Yeah. That transformational sign into the next one as Saturn moved on, like this real kind of rebirth. And
1: I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again in my late 50s. That's fascinating. So interesting. Is there anything like if people are listening to this and going, oh, my Saturn return's coming, what can I do to prepare for it? Is there anything you can do to prep for it or is it just like surrender to it?
0: I think it's surrender to it. I wouldn't overthink it. It's just something to observe. All of this stuff is just something to observe. If things get tricky around that age, that's what's going on. I mean, look into your chart. It might give you some answers to why you feel a certain way or why things are playing out as they are. What Santa Return is asking you to do is learn the lessons and step up. So if you continue to do that, then you'll get through it really easy. If you fight it, which I did, and you just make the same mistakes again and again, you're going to really struggle through it.
1: Mm, I remember being really scared of my Saturn return a few years ago because I thought that meant That my marriage is going to end or that, you know, someone was going to die or like the doom and gloom of it. It was carrying this heaviness and being like, I guess I'm in it now. It's like, oh, no, no, no. It's so much more subtle than that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you could liken it to Mercury retrograde, right? Like everyone's so over the top about it. And then you either get through it, well, you always get through it. You never not get through it. Like, Like sometimes it's a little bit worse than other times, but you know, it's the media that makes such a big deal about it.
1: Yeah, we just gotta ride that return, baby.
0: Yeah, just ride the return.
1: Yay! I'd love to hear about people's
0: Saturn return experiences.
1: Yes! Yeah. I've spoken to a few friends like who are a little bit older and they've said, oh, yeah, my Saturn return, that was when I left my corporate job and pursued what lit me up or that was when I, like, met this person who changed everything for me or yeah. it's so cool, like, I'm excited to be able to look back on this time with hindsight. I, for me it will be that's when I got married and moved to Byron Bay, you know, like, yeah. it's pretty cool. And start yeah. the
0: middle.
1: And start at the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Well, thanks for that, George. You've cleared up a lot for me. Oh, gosh. Yes. The next time you're hearing us in your ear holes is actually when I've come out of the Vipassana because oh, all of us are there. <laughs> I will Byron be there. May.
0: you'll be in Byron.
1: With me. We'll be recording in Byron and we'll be oh, able yeah, to recap no. on where I've been and what I've been doing.
0: That is so exciting. Yeah, it'll yeah. be about Vipassana.
1: Yeah, so, guys, get your ear holes ready because I've been MIA in the FACY group because I've been, you know, not able to be on Facebook but I'm coming back in a big way and George will hold the fort in the Facebook group but if she's not as active you know why it's a two-man job she's
0: gone off social media she deleted it no <laughs> she's it.
1: gone forever I will be in there guys
0: but just be patient with me
1: be patient cool. yeah right, yeah Yay. thanks for listening guys being ear holes real soon